Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, September 8th. On Slavery Continued. Today's scripture reading is found in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 10 through 14, from the New Living Translation, which reads, As you approach a town to attack it, you must first offer its people terms for peace. If they accept your terms and open the gates to you, then all the people inside will serve you in forced labor. But if they refuse to make peace and prepare to fight, you must attack the town. When the Lord your God hands the town over to you, use your swords to kill every man in the town. But you may keep for yourselves all the women, children, livestock, and other plunder. You may enjoy the plunder from your enemies that the Lord your God has given you. This is God's Word. I know, I know. This is terrible devotional material. I mean, who wants to start their day with this? Who wants to start the day with the reality of war and carnage and survivors, women and children, forced into human slavery? Whatever social and moral dilemmas contained within these verses, and sadly not all in our history or church history have seen any dilemmas here whatsoever, today's text from Deuteronomy provides an accurate description of common human practice through the ages. Though the later warning in the text to be kind to the trees in the midst of such carnage and destruction was perhaps a bit novel. People became slaves through conquest. As stated yesterday in these reflections, if your village, your city, your tribe was taken down by a more powerful one, the population that survived the carnage became property for you or for the highest bidder. People became property. And it's estimated that up to half of Philemon's world was human property. Half were the owned, the other half the owners. Half were slaves, acquired for working fields, running households, having sex, and having babies, at least for starters. Sarah Rudin, an expert on the ancient world, says that slaves were like pets, and that if women were supposed to be wild and lustful, slaves were supposed to be basically naughty, needing, like women, a lot of control. Lazy, that's what you are, lazy, barks Pharaoh at his Israelite slaves who had just requested permission for a three-day desert excursion, echoing pretty much every slaveholder in the ancient world or since. Onesimus was a common name given by masters to their human property. Useful, utility, benefit would all be good translations. Perhaps it gave them something to live up to. Or so hoped every master who had his own inventory of Onesimuses. More likely, it was irony. Hey, useful! Get over here and do it right this time. No, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Though, truth be told, this used to be Kansas too. Welcome to the world of Onesimus, our brother. To illustrate just how foreign that world was and hopefully always remains, Witness this story of an ancient dinner party in Philemon's Greco-Roman world, as related by Sarah Rudin. Dinner was served. The host's slave placed a platter with an immense pig before the waiting company. It looked bloated and fat. The master poked at it and then loudly exclaimed, What? 
This pig isn't gutted by Hercules. It really isn't. The slave stood in front of the table, cringing as he acknowledged forgetting to gut the pig. What? You forgot? He says it like he just forgot to put in pepper and cumin. Strip him. In a moment, the slave was stripped naked before all as he prepared to receive his beating. The guest started to beg his favor. It happens. Please, let him go. If he does it again, none of us will say a word for him. Though others at the table called for the beating. We've never seen such a worthless slave in all our lives. How could somebody forget to gut a pig? But then the master laughed as the slave, still exposed, sheepishly grinned. The pig had been gutted, and then stuffed with the sausages and black puddings, which the slave demonstrated after putting his tunic back on, and then carefully slicing the pig's belly open again. It had all been a ruse, with the slave playing his part well, and thus on this occasion, proving useful in the midst of seeming worthlessness. Okay, not exactly restaurant fare in our world, but commonplace in that of Onesimus. As previously observed, before we find our applicational feet in our world, we must be grounded in theirs. There is a risk whenever we face the music by addressing wrongs and fractured relationships. The risk faced by a slave like Onesimus was considerably greater. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, how well so far are you managing to wear the skin of Onesimus and to see this situation through his eyes? How readily would you have returned like he did to his former master's house, even with an apostolic letter as support? Lord, put me in the room. Put me there with Philemon. Let me wear the skin of Onesimus. Let me taste the human pathos swirling around that first century room. Let me feel something of that cultural atmosphere swirling around a slave, a runaway, a fugitive, a thief, and the aggrieved master who holds his fate in his hands, even as he himself is held in the pierced hands of his own master. Draw me into the layers of meaning awaiting me in this letter. Let me feel it. And so make this letter come to life right here, right now. Through your mercies.